Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Introducing Self, a new show about real people who are challenging their relationship to money to build a better future for themselves. My new focus is like, as these good things happen in my life, I want to be able to enjoy them. Their loved ones. Now, like, I really don't want my daughters out here wanting for nothing. Um, now it's kind of backfired because <laughs> now they really don't have no respect for me. And their communities. I want to create more services where women can feel supported when they don't have support. Self is live now with new episodes every Wednesday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you finish that book, you're ready to publish. Well, how much is it going to cost me? I don't have any money. I need some cash. Well, I'm glad that you're here because we're going to talk about the money, the cash. Show me the money. Hey, this is Ryan from the Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 84. Let's go. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, 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 Prolific Writer Nation. How are we today? This is Ryan J. Pelton, your Prolific Writer Podcast host, episode number 84 coming at you today. And depending on when you are listening to this, it is November 30. Now, for some of us, that means a lot. For others, that means absolutely nothing. It's just another day. It might be a Friday, wherever you are in the time zone, in the world, in the universe. But thank you for coming on the show, the Prolific Writer Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well. And yes, today is November 30, and today is the last day of National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. And so there are hundreds of thousands of people, maybe you are one of them, who has decided, committed, opened a vein and bled to write a first draft of a novel, 50,000 word novel in 30 days in November. So how did we do? Did we make it? Did we finish? 
Are we still typing? Are we still tapping? We still got time, depending on when you hear this. Get the words in, get them done. 1,667 words per day for 30 days is a 50,000-word novel. I hope it went well for you. Um, I am a happy participant this year of National Novel Writing Month. I've done it for the last, oh, I don't know, six years. And uh, I won. I, I finished the novel, uh, 50,000 words plus. I think I was close to closer to 55,000 words in 30 days and um, actually took a few days off in the middle of that. So I was feeling good about that. I uh, was working on one of my books in a series uh, of the Antique Assassin series that's set in small town Missouri. Um, a couple antique dealers who end up um, on a little side gig, little side hustle as hitman assassins. It's a pretty fun story and people seem to like it and uh, wrote another one in that series. And, but this time, instead of being in Missouri, they actually make a trek to Los Angeles where I'm originally from. And so it was fun to write in that world in Los Angeles. I won't get, I won't spoil the, the work, but uh, yeah, we'll be editing that book and working on that, sending it off to the editor and, and getting it out in the world. So I'll keep you updated on that. So I hope your national novel writing month went well. And as I was finishing up National Novel Writing Month, one of the reasons why I didn't have a, we didn't have an episode last week, it was also Thanksgiving. So hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for all of you that listen to the show. And uh, thank you for all those who plug in every week, plug in the earbuds, plug in the ear canals and the earphones, the earphones and the the podcasting universe and, uh, and give us your attention. So thank you for, uh, blessing the show and supporting the show. And, uh, also the, the great shows on the project entertainment network. And, uh, at the end of the show, we'll have an opportunity to, you can support the show in, in some specific ways. I'll put all this in the show notes, but as I was thinking about national novel writing month and finishing a novel, one of the questions I get a lot, one of the things that was a struggle when I began, uh, writing, uh, really was how do you pay for, you know, covers, editing, formatting, all these different things, all these, you know, prices that, that come and, and, and expenses that come, I should say. And, and, you know, how, do, how do we do it? You know, because the, the, the challenge for the writer is, you know, I'm just starting out. I'm not a well-known name. You know, I'm not making any money on my books yet, or maybe very little, you know, what do I, what do I do? How do I pay for all this stuff? And, uh, and, you know, specifically talking to those who are, you know, indie published, self-published, you know, um, that need artwork for their, their covers, need editors, all those kinds of things. And, you know, I get this question a lot and it was a struggle for me too. It's like, Hey, I don't want to dish out a bunch of money that I don't have or dish out a bunch of money if I don't have any money coming in. Um, and, and so, so what do we do? And, and so I want to, want to talk a little bit about that because I know some of us have done national novel writing month. We finished that novel. We have that manuscript. We're going to maybe send it off to editors. We're going to clean it up, send it off to editors. We're thinking about covers. We're thinking about formatting publishing, all this kind of stuff. Maybe even starting your own website if you're a new author and you know, how do we do this in a way that is, uh, manageable and doesn't break the bank. Um, and, and I also want to, I want to do this episode because I, I've also heard a lot of horror stories and people that have spent way too much money on things they don't need to spend money on and, uh, and things that, uh, they just overspent on because they thought, you know, certain editor was going to make their book, you know, be a bestseller because they're the, you know, New York times, you know, editor or whatever it is, um, and just wasted a lot of money. You know, the cover artist who's charging thousands of dollars, you don't need to do that, um, at least at the beginning and, uh, even in the future. And so we're going to, I'm going to talk about that. I, I have some, some cheap alternatives, even some free alternatives to all of these things. And I think if we, we use our, our brains, our noggins, those things between our ears, I, I think we can find some other solutions and creative ways to create great work, quality work. That's just as good as anything out there. 
that people enjoy and people have a great reading experience. And believe me, I, I speak from failure. And so hopefully speaking from my failures, uh, you can learn a lot of things uh, from this episode. So show me the money. How, how do we, how do we do this? How do we find the money to create beautiful books to share with the world and, and publish our books? And, and so let, let's talk a little bit about that. And so one thing that you can do that most people don't think about, and this is going to sound like Captain Obvious, Mr. Obvious, is remember, most of us have a day job, okay? And, and so for, for a lot of people, and I, I wrote about this actually uh, earlier today, um, is the the goal in writing is I need to ditch the day job because the day job is, t- is bringing me down. I'm not able to write. I'm not able to create. And so if I just ditch the day job, then, then maybe I could write more and I could create more and, and stop making excuses and all those kinds of things. Now, a couple things on that is one is most authors, most creators still have a day job. And you say, no, Ryan, I know, I know this guy down the street. He doesn't have a day job. He's just a writer, this and that. Um, but if you dig a little further, what you'll realize is that most writers, most authors, unless you're Stephen King, unless you're Lee Child, unless you're James Patterson or, you know, name your, your big time author is they have other streams of revenue. They have other streams of income. And so that could be, they teach at a local college. Uh, they teach at a high school. Um, they may do workshops, they may do seminars, um, they may get paid to write uh, columns uh, in papers, uh, newspapers, magazines, uh, they may even ghostwrite books. Now, you may say, oh, I don't think that's true. Well, it is true. It's just that authors don't talk about it. Um, it's it's because it's just not something they, you know, if they're a best-selling author or even best-selling authors, their advances aren't that big and, and they have to find other sources of income or they live off their income of their spouse or their partner and those kinds of things. Now, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because if, if you're just starting out or you only have a couple of books under your belt and you, let's say you're not really bringing in that much money, you know, maybe it's a few hundred bucks a month or, you know, 20 bucks a month, whatever it is, um, is if you have that day job, you have stability. Now that doesn't mean your day job is going to be there tomorrow. That doesn't mean you couldn't get fired. Uh, there's a lot of factors in that, but take advantage of the steady income that you get from your, your day job. Um, because the reality is, and, and what National Novel Writing Month taught me, uh, you know, six, seven years ago when I did it the first time, and what it continues to teach me is that to, to write a novel, um, a, you know, a full length book, uh, to write a nonfiction book, whatever you write, is if you have two hours a day, you can create a lot of work. Um, if you have two hours, you can find during the day, an hour over lunch, an hour in the evening, two hours early in the morning, is that you can consistently produce hundreds of thousands of words a year and dozens and dozens of books. Um, and, and so what I, why I say that is because I think sometimes we think, well, I got to just the day job and then I can you know do even more. But the, the reality is that, you know, you're going to fill your time with other things too, even if you are a full-time writer. Um, and so, so one, one, one way to fund your art and one way to, you know, pay for editing and, and pay for book covers and things like that is to keep the day job and put some money aside for these kinds of things. Maybe even put it as a, as a line item or a budget item. And then as more money comes in from the side gig as a freelance writer, whether you write fiction or nonfiction, whatever it is, then you can start putting more money back into your books as you begin to make more money on your books. And so, um, and that's what I've been able to do is that now that I've made some more consistent income from my books is that I can invest them back into the books, um, um, rather than having to pay it out of your own own pocket. 
Now, another creative way to find some cash that you're trying to, you know, get a quality cover, get some decent editing, you know, formatting, whatever it is, you maybe you need to, you know, start a website, uh, get your author page up there, whatever it is, um, is other writing. Um, and so let's say, you know, I know a lot of people that listen to the show, you're fiction writers, you write stories, uh, predominantly fiction stuff is there's other writing that can pay decently well or very well. Um, and so one, one example would be copywriting. Um, and so if you've ever wondered, you know, who writes the copy, who writes the content, who writes the words for, you know, articles for companies, um, you know, labels on products, um, landing pages, uh, email newsletters, you know, all these kinds of things, somebody has to write that copy. Um, you know, that could be for nonprofits, uh, that can be for websites that can be for businesses that can be, um, for, you know, people that are want to ghost write for a book. Um, is copywriting is a very lucrative way to make very good money. Um, probably actually more money than you would make as a fiction writer, predominantly fiction writer or predominantly nonfiction writer. Um, and, and so I actually ha- know someone, I hope to get them on the show eventually who does uh, copywriting and she writes fiction as well. And they work very well together because she makes a lot of money doing copywriting for a lot less time, and a lot less work than it would take to write an entire novel. Um, Cause you know, a novel can take months for some people and, and, and yet you could take a couple weeks and write, you know, some copy for a business and make thousands of dollars. And so, so with that said is what you're trying to do is find creative ways to say, I can use my writing ability, skills, talents, do a different kind of writing so that I can fund my cover, my editing, my, you know, website, whatever it is. Um, and so think about copywriting, a lot of good money there. And, uh, another one is just straight freelance writing. Um, so I know a lot of people too. And, and even as an indie, you know, fiction, nonfiction writer, you really are a freelancer, but, but there are opportunities and there are people that need help, uh, with their books. And so you have gifts and skills and talents to write books and, and to, uh, to, to do that kind of work. And so, um, I have a lot of author friends too, that do some editing. And so, yes, they're fiction writers and they're nonfiction writers, but they also help people proofread their books or do editing, do copy editing uh, for other writers. And, you know, that can be 50 bucks, you know, 100 bucks, a couple hundred bucks, 300 bucks, you know, per project, whatever it is. And, uh, and, and to find just another nice stream of income. Um, I, have a, a, I know a guy who's, who's written about 35 novels or so, and he also s- supplements his income doing some uh, copy editing and doing some um, freelance editing and proofreading for other, other writers. And it, and it's also just a very great way to give back to the indie community and give back to other writers is to sit with their book and try to make it as best as it can be and, and find those typos and those errors and, and make it a quality, quality product. And so, um, and, and the nice thing about finding these other writing gigs, um, and kind of starting, if you want to say, start another business to fund your other business is that it doesn't take a lot of time and energy. Um, not to say it's easy work, not to say that copywriting is easy or not to say that, you know, editing someone's books is easy, but again, you're not going to be spending 40 hours a week, you know, editing someone, someone's work, you know, and it, it could take a couple of weeks to do, but you know, a, a few hours uh, a day, um, you know, an hour a day kind of working through it. Um, it, it's, it's not overkill and it's not going to wear you out as well. So you'll still have, um, you know, time to write. Uh, another way that I'm, uh, that, that I found a little supplemental income that I can invest back into, um, my 
editing and my covers and things like that, um, you know, web hosting, you, you name it, is um, writing on Medium. So medium.com. And, and by the way, I'll put all these things in the show notes so you don't have to write all these things down. But uh, medium.com is, is a very popular web uh web host, I shouldn't say web post, um, article platform, blog platform that many people write on. And I, and I actually write quite a few articles on medium, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I, I write about writing, uh, quite often and some other stuff too. Um, but they have an option, um, where you can actually get paid by medium medium, uh, to write articles and, and it's varied. It's based on views. It's based on popularity, things like that. But I found that if you're consistent on there and you write things that people want to read um, and, uh, you know, consistently create content as you can make a little extra extra income. And I, I've been able to make, you know, 50 to 100 bucks a month just doing that. And again, I, I don't spend that much time doing it. Some months I only write one article a month. Um, I've had some success with some some pretty big views on some of my articles. But um, but but I'm not doing this. You know, it's not even a weekly thing. It's just, you know, here or there. And it takes me, you know, an hour or two to write an article and, and get it out there and, you know, make 50 to 100 bucks. So, I mean, you think in a year that could be 1200 bucks. That could be pay for editing, pay for covers, you name it. So you're using writing, other writing to fund your writing. Ha ha. See that? Um, and so, so think about, you know, copywriting, very lucrative, right in business world, right in the nonprofit world, you know, help people with their websites, with articles. You have those skills. You have those talents. Um, think about freelancing, you know, maybe proofreading or editing other people's work. Think about Medium, uh, other sites like this. Um, and then there's, there's some other ones too. Um, one other one uh, that is... Uh, you know, way to, to fund your writing with other writing is patreon.com and uh, patreon.com is another way to support artists. And I, I love the Patreon model. And I'll put, again, put this in the show, show notes, but people can actually uh, donate and support your art. Um, and so you set up a, a, a website and it basically says, Hey, I'm a writer and I make, I make stories. I write stories. Um, you know, I make art, whatever it is, and people can give you a dollar a month or $2 a month or $3 a month. And then what you do is you give them something in return. And so that can be, Hey, I'm going to give you a short story every month, or I'm going to give you, you know, first dibs on my book, or I'm going to give you a signed copy or whatever it is. Um, but it's a way to get people, patrons, um, into your world to support your art so that you don't have to be a starving artist, that you can continue to write that, write those words. And I've seen people make tens of thousands of dollars a month doing this <clears throat> now. Again, for most of us, that's probably not what we need, um, but it's another great stream of income uh, to help fund your writing habit and uh, and keep you working and, and making art. So patreon.com is a great thing. We we do that with the Project Entertainment Network to, to support uh, this uh, this show um, and other shows like it. And, uh, and also I'm uh, in the process actually going to be starting my own Patreon. Uh, again, I haven't really done much with it to do that as well. And uh, what a great way to to fund your your writing, um, and then another one would be what what I do um, as I'm talking to you through this microphone is a podcast, and uh, you know a lot a lot of times podcasting is not. Um, for most people, it's not lucrative. Um, I have a friend who's a full-time podcaster, but that's usually not the case for most people. Um, but it's a great way to to supplement your income. Um, it, it's a great avenue to get your name out there. It's a great avenue that leads to other things, like people buying your books, um, saying, "Hey, I, I wrote this book. Check out this thing." Um, you know, maybe you offer courses, maybe you offer you know resources, whatever it is. Um, maybe you get sponsorships through your podcast that can actually supplement uh, the arts and the things that you're making. Um, and so hopefully what you're hearing is a common thread is that you're using other skills that you have other writing skills predominantly and artistic skills to make more art. 
uh, to fund your other, your other writing. And, and so, because I, I don't want you to, especially when you're starting out, I don't, I don't want you to g- go into, you know, huge debts or something to kind of, you know, I got to get this editor. He's a thousand dollars. This covers a thousand dollars or whatever, before you even know if your books are going to go anywhere, or are you going to make any money? Because the, the prolific writer is, is about thinking long-term and, and those that are going to make it and those that are going to be in the long game are, are those that aren't spending, you know, $17,000, you know, a month on Facebook ads and Amazon ads as some do. Um, they're thinking long-term they're, they're thinking long reach. They're, they're thinking about finding their a thousand true fans. And so in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit slow. Um, you know, and some are going to go faster than others and that's fine. Some of that's just timing, some of that's luck, some of that's what genre you write in, um, how prolific you are. There's a lot of factors involved, but, but I don't want you to break the bank. Um, and at the same time, I want you to be able to create quality products. Cause that's what your book is. Um, you know, beautiful covers, good editing, um, and all those things so that, you know, people want to buy your book and at least have a chance to buy your book, but you don't have to break, break the bank, uh, to do that. So use your, use other writing, to fund your writing. Now, another way that you can find some cash to publish your books is what I call micro businesses. Um, so other businesses that maybe have nothing to do with writing, um, or nothing to do with your day job. Um, but they're ways that are, um, that can make you some, some money, some other income, um, that are just simple ways. They're not going to take a lot of time. They're not going to take a lot of energy. Um, but, but they're just ways that, that you can kind of fund, uh, your, your art, um, another stream of income. And I think it's just wise. I I think we live in a day where we can't depend on that day job, just being there all the time. We can't depend on, uh, you know, the corporate 40 year job that's going to just be there. Um, there's a lot of factors involved in that, but to have other sources of income, I think it's just really wise, especially as an artist, um, especially as writing books, the income is going to be up and down all the time. Um, is that is to have those supplemental ways to, to make some income and to put some money aside as well. And so uh, think about micro businesses, smaller businesses. I, I have a, I have a couple of them. Um, and again, this, this doesn't, you know, relate directly to you, but think about what skills you have or what your day job is or, or how you can help someone, you know, do something that you know how to do. Um, I have a friend who's an accountant and, uh, helps people with their, their taxes. And he does that kind of, kind of freelance on the side and he makes a few hundred bucks here and there. And then, so again, a, a micro business, a small, you know, little side thing, it's a little side hustle. It's not a, doesn't take a lot of time, you know, only a few clients, whatever it is, and, and yet supplements, um, their income. You know, one of the things that, that I, uh, have been fortunate to, to be part of is, is I have a little, little wedding business, um, that I'm a, I'm a pastor in a church. And, and so I get to do weddings too. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I was getting a lot of calls and emails from people saying, Hey, you know, do you do weddings? You know, I don't know a pastor. I'd love for someone to do our wedding. Um, and, and so people hire me to do their weddings. I'm a wedding officiant too. And so again, that has nothing to do with writing or, or creativity, but it's a little supplemental income. It's a little micro business, um, small business that, that can, um, help fund, you know, whatever you need to fund. Um, you know, and again, I I don't predominantly do that to fund my, my writing. I use my writing to to fund my writing, but, um, but, but it's also to supplement our income. And so, you know, kids need braces and kids are expensive. I got four kids. Um, and it's a nice little blessing to have that as well. And so, so when you think about that, um, there's just so many little ways that you can do that. One other uh, idea I had was, 
you know, uh, people do workshops or they do courses, uh, on writing or, um, they, you know, do them in live or do them in person. And again, it's just, it's, it's not a huge, big thing. Um, but it's a little side thing that can help you fund the other thing that you're trying to build. Um, and so, so, so the opportunities I think are there. And, uh, if a little creativity, a little thinking, maybe, you know, getting out a, a notebook or a pad of paper or something and, and just writing down a bunch of ideas. What are some, some micro businesses or little side gigs, little side hustles? Um, I also have a friend who, who, who loves to go to, you know, get on eBay or, or go to Marshall's or go to Ross or, or go to garage sales and buy stuff for cheap and then resell it. Um, you know, and make 50, hundred bucks, thousand bucks, you know, and, and say, Hey, I'm going to use that money, uh, for, uh, my art for my book, for my editing, whatever it is. Um, again, th- th- there, there's nothing here that's stopping us from doing that. Okay. Now let's get into, we've talked a little bit about ways you can find some cash, some extra cash, uh, to fund your, your writing and your art. And I want you to do that so that you don't go broke. Cause it's not the way we're going to do it. Cause we're thinking long-term artists here. Um, you know, uh, ways to supplement that income, you know, uh, other ways, use your uh, other writing, other micro business, whatever it is, but let's talk about the actual, you know, creation of, you know, covers and editing and, and all those kinds of things and ways you can do that cheaply, sometimes even free. Um, so you don't break the bank because this is where I see a lot of people, um, getting into trouble. Um, where people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on editors and covers and things like that too early in the game that I think is not necessary. Um, because yes, a, a cover can can sell your book, but you still have to write a good story. And so just because you have a $5,000 cover does not mean that you're going to sell a lot of books. You're just going to have a really nice cover that costs you a lot of money. Um, and it's going to take a long time to make that money back. And so, um, so let's talk about first um, editing. Okay. So what are some, some kind of affordable, cheaper ways that we can get some editing done? And so here's, here's a, just a profound answer. Ask someone to do it for free. You hear me? Ask someone to do it for free. Yes. There are people, this is shocking, family, friends, loved ones, people at the local college that would love to edit your book and they will not charge you anything. Uh, one of my editors that I I love dearly, he's a great guy has edited some of my fiction stuff, some of my, um, nonfiction stuff. He he does a lot of it for free. Now I'm, I'm starting to, to pay him. Um, and, and and it's funny, he doesn't even ask for it, but I, I do it anyway. Um, just because, uh, he's a great guy and he's helped me out a lot. And, you know, he's, I don't, I think I've written 17 books or something. He's, he's probably on 12 of those at least. Um, and, he loves editing. He's an English guy, um, English major wants to get into editing full time, uh, does a little bit in his job, uh, but loves writing books, loves, you know, telling stories, just a great editor, solid guy, and gives me really honest feedback and and just really helps my books become better than they are. Um, and, and it was just a matter of asking him, just saying, Hey, would you look at this? Would you proofread it? Would you, you know, give me an edit? Um, and, and there are people, there's tons of people that love your work, love what you're doing, want to support you, and they'll do it for free. And, and I would, I would say, try to find someone that can do it for free right off the bat. Now I know there's an insecurity thing. There's a, I have to show someone my work and what if it's terrible? What if nobody likes it? Um, but you have to get over that and get some people that trust you trust and people that can be honest and give you feedback, but there are people that can do it for free. Um, and maybe at the beginning, you don't need a full hardcore edit because a lot of, and I'll get into another kind of cheap alternative. Um, 
is maybe someone that can just do a really thorough proofread because there are people men and women who are, are voracious readers and they're great with grammar, great with syntax, and they can pick up a lot of errors and find a lot of things and help you with your consistency of your stories and things like that. Um, that will do it for absolutely free because they love to do it. And believe me, there are people out there. Now, another way you can do this is similar is you can barter with other people is maybe you have some author friends. Uh, maybe you, you know, maybe they're good editors and, and maybe you want to, you want, you want to barter services. Hey, I'll, I'll proofread your book. You proofread mine and, and you kind of go back and forth or you say, Hey, I'll help you with this project. Or maybe you have skills that you can offer them. Um, you know, I, I, uh, early on, um, this doesn't relate exactly to, to writing. Um, but I needed a video made. Um, and there's a kid in college who was, who was doing a, a video major, um, and wanted to just build up his portfolio. And so we just bartered and, uh, and, and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, he's, he, he was willing to do it for free, um, just so I could give him a good testimonial and he could build up his portfolio. Um, and, and so there's a way to barter. Like that's sounds old school and arch archaic, but it's still a viable way to do this very cheaply to just ask people, um, you know, people, uh, go, you know, look up the local community college of, you know, creative writers and editors and, and, and English majors and, and whoever ask around, ask other indie authors that there's so many resources available that would love to help you do that. So think about bartering. Now, another, I think, important tool in your toolbox that is very cheap. It's going to cost you a little money and there's actually free versions too. Um, but is you need to invest in some writing software. Um, I can't believe how many authors don't use writing software. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple examples. Again, I'll put these all in the show notes, but uh, pro writing aid is one that I use uh, right now because they work with uh, uh, Scrivener, which is the uh, software that I use to write all my books in. Um, and they also work with Google docs and, and word as well. And they have a native platform, like a desktop app that you can actually edit right inside those software platforms. So if you do word or you do Scrivener or you do Google docs, whatever, you can actually edit it right inside there. There's other ones like Grammarly, uh, which is a good one. There's another one called AutoCrit. Um, there's more fiction based specific. I, I like pro writing aid. I'll, I'll tell you a couple why, a couple of reasons why I go with pro writing aid. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about what it is. Um, but you need to invest in this. And here's why, because humans are flawed. Uh, they are human and they make mistakes. Software is not perfect either, by the way. Um, but it's another set of eyes on your work. And so what pro writing aid does is they have all kinds of tools built inside the software is once you have your manuscript, you load it into pro writing aid, um, and you hit the, you know, spelling and grammar and they do a, a much better job as far as spelling and grammar and, um, picking up mistakes, even words that may be like there and there, you know, T H E I R and T H E R E, um, things like that. Those kinds of mistakes, spelling grammar, they'll pick those kinds of things up. Um, if you have repeated words or you have clunky sentences, there's, there's, there's like 10 or 15 different, um, uh, categories that they look at, you know, redundancies, um, cliches, all these kinds of things that picks it up right in the manuscript. Um, and, and so, so my process is, once I finish my manuscript, my, my draft is I go back in, I do some, some polishing. Um, I'm not a, I don't do a huge rewrite only if it, only if it's necessary on some, some parts, uh, but I clean it up and then I run it through pro writing aid before I give it to my editor, um, because I don't want them to have a, just a huge giant mess, um, spelling and grammar and inconsistencies and all those kinds of things. Um, but I, I run it through pro writing aid. And then once I get it back from my editor, I actually run it through pro writing aid again. 
Um, not because I don't trust my editor. It's because my editor is human. And so am I. And you've looked at your manuscript for, you know, 90 bazillion hours and you, you start missing things and not seeing it. But by using software, the good chances of you missing things are very, are very much minimized. Um, and pro writing aid, I think only costs 40 bucks a year. Uh, so it's dirt cheap. It's a great product. Go check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. There's Grammarly. There's some other ones. Autocrit. If there's ones you like, hey, check those out. Let me know. Um, but I, I would go with ProWriting Aid. I've tried a few of them, and that that's that's a really much a go to. I um, mean, there's been times where I've you know had to had to publish a short story for publication, and I needed to you know, editor couldn't look at it. And all I had was pro writing aid, um, and maybe a quick proof. And so I use that as well. And it picks up so many mistakes and, uh, and cleans up your manuscript very well. And again, not a excuse for the human element, not, not a, a replacement for an editor. Uh, but if you are low on funds and you need to get a, a decent edit and maybe, you know, say uh, someone could do proofread it for free and then you do pro writing aid, you're going to have a very good, clean manuscript. Believe me. Uh, so check, check that out as well. And then the, the other thing I would just say about editing is not to break the bank when it comes to editing, uh, and not to go for the expensive editor. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples early on. Um, I, I worked with a great editor and she was very reasonable. Um, and did one of my first novels was a fantastic, uh, edit. And then for the second book in the series, I couldn't get her. She was busy and I got a, another editor and it was just a horrible, horrible edit. Um, and missed tons of things. I, I caught more things than she did. And it was really just like s- spelling and grammar and, and just, that's not what good editors do. They, they give you feedback. They should give you some, you know, show you some things that are wrong as far as the story and what doesn't work and things like that. And, uh, it's basically just a spell check. And so just spent a lot of money I didn't want to spend. And it just was not a, a quality edit. I ended up having to get it re-edited. Um, but I just want you to know, as far as editing goes, is that, you know, my friend who's an English major who does some editing, um, who loves to read is just as good as editor as it's really anyone out there that's going to charge you $5,000. Um, and you don't need to do that early on. Um, I, I would just, just steer clear of, you know, anyone that's going to charge you, you know, 800, $900, $1,000 for editing. It's not going to take a, a, a story and make it that much better. I promise you that. Um, you know, some editors just, they want to make it their own and they want to put their voice into it. And it's just going to kill the voice in it. It's going to kill the story. Um, and so I would just be weary of spending a ton of money up front, uh, for editing, uh, when you're just starting out. And so there's, there's a lot of indie editors. There's a lot of well-known editors and people that love indie writers that want to support them because they know maybe don't have that much money. Uh, they can do a, a solid edit under $300, um, you know, under $200, uh, one, one of the editors I use, uh, I use a variety of them, but you know, is like, you know, 100, 125 bucks, um, for, oh, for e- over 50,000 words, uh, books. And so, um, but she does a great, great job. So, uh, and, and again, I think there's just this myth too. It, it's the rewriting myth. It's the, the editing myth. It's, it's, you know, if I, if I have nine editors, I mean, I've heard people with three, four or five editors, I think is, is insane. Um, and especially when you're starting out and you're still learning the craft, it's just not worth to invest that much money into it. Um, and, and the beauty of being an, an indie writer is when you do find mistakes and maybe the things did go through the cracks. And, and by the way, even traditional published books, things go through the cracks. Uh, I just read a, a best-selling nonfiction book and there was an, an error on the first page. So it does happen all the time. Um, and, and there's not money anymore for editors in, in mainstream publishing. And so, you know, they're missing a lot of things and the edits aren't always great. Um, but is 
with indie publishing is that you're able to fix those things is that, that have your, have your readers, have your, you know, people that, that are reading your stuff, let you know, uh, if you have first readers, you know, Hey, did you catch something? Do you see any spelling errors? You know, let me know what page that on so I can fix them. Um, and you can go back in and, and, you know, republish that thing overnight. It's not a big deal. Uh, so just be careful of the, the over editing stuff. Okay. So editing, so some cheap alternatives some free alternatives. I'll put all those in the show notes. Now let's talk about covers. Um, covers don't need to break the bank either, especially when you're starting out. And I'm going to go against a lot of advice that people tell you, um, because I think they're full of, you know what, um, one thing is, here's the first thing I would, I would suggest for covers. Um, if you're just starting out, uh, so you're getting some books out in the world, you got one, two, three, maybe a series, whatever it is, um, is again, a lot of people want to go, you know, I'm going all in, I'm, you know, thousand dollar covers and, and this is going to do it. You know, again, a cover's not going to sell your book. Okay. A bad cover might keep people away, but believe me, there's always exceptions to the rules. I, I know authors that have, you know, have 30, 40 books have terrible covers and they sell tons of books. Okay. Um, or they just have average covers. So, so it's not, you know, one is the other. It still has to be a good story. If it's a good story, people will forgive your, your cruddy cover. Um, but one way around that is, uh, a company I use often, especially for fiction mainly is goonwrite.com. And uh, I'll put that in the show notes and I forget the, the gentleman's name, but he does a great job. And and w- reason I go with him and I have gone with him is, is mainly for his pre-made covers. And he has deals all the time is that he has thousands of pre-made covers for 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Um, and he has sales all the time. And so sometimes I'll even buy like, you know, he'll have 50% off and you can get five covers, 50% off and they're dirt cheap, you know, for a hundred bucks you can get, you know, five, six covers, even if I'm not sure if I'm going to use them yet. And pre-made covers, if you find a good designer, uh, are just as good as anything out there. And I've used quite a few of them on my books. Um, and a pre-made cover means it's, it's already done. It kind of has the, the, the vibe, the theme, what you're looking for, for your story. And he changes out the, the title changes out the author name, obviously those things. If you want to add on, you know, print cover, um, you know, if you have a series, he, he gets a, a huge discount for that. He can make similar covers. So if you have kind of that first cover that you really like, and then he can build them off those and do that really reasonably. Um, again, under a hundred bucks, uh, totally worth it. Sometimes 30 bucks or less 40 or 30 bucks, uh, is, is such a, a small investment for something that's really important, but you don't need to break the bank. Uh, I mean, think if you had a series of three and you spent 30 bucks on each cover, I mean, you're only talking 90 bucks for three, three books. Um, so go on, write pre-made covers. Another one, uh, another great resource is canva.com. I use Canva for a lot of, you know, media stuff. Uh, because I'm not the the most creative person when it comes to to design and things like that. But Canva.com. Too many people don't know about Canva. It's shame on you, as they have tons of covers on there. Some are free uh, that look as just as good as anything else. Templates that you can can download and you can change the fonts and change the style and, and do all that. Um, and they even have like a $12 a month program if you want to do that, um, where you can do all of your kind of artistic stuff and creative stuff, design logos, design covers, uh, you know, stuff for the, for social media, whatever it is. Um, so Canva is a great resource to have a good looking cover. That's not going to break the bank. You could be 12 bucks out. You could be, it could be free. It could be, they even have, you know, some images only a dollar. Um, and so check that out. They're just as good as anything out there. Um, also, very cheap is if you can learn some very basic Photoshop skills, uh, you can create some decent covers 
really for free or just the paying for the artwork, paying for the photo, you know, to, to kind of, uh, to put in your back, your background or whatever. Um, I, I learned Photoshop myself and I think we just have this weird mindset of like, well, I'm just not a techie. I don't know how to do it. it just kind of scares me. Believe me, I'm the last person to, to learn that kind of stuff and have the time to do that kind of stuff. And I, and I figured it out. Um, and again, I'm not a professional designer. I don't, design all my covers, but, um, but when I, you know, was starting and I needed something that looked decent, um, you know, I just, I, I went around Amazon and, and looked at bookstores and I said, you know, what is, what does a good cover look like? What, what books are selling and, and kind of just mimic some of those styles kind of hacked my way through that, figured that out, found some, you know, images that look like those things, you know, play with the, the fonts, um, and figured out the, the sizing and all those kinds of things. Um, and so it's, it's not that hard to do. Um, and so, so think about learning Photoshop, some basic Photoshop skills. Um, it's a great skill to have. You can use it for other things as well, um, but it's not going to break the bank. So don't listen to those that say, you know, don't ever make your cover. You should never make your cover. I, I think that's, that's garbage because even if you're traditionally published is that you're going to work with artists and sometimes they're going to say, Hey, what do you think of this cover? And you may say, Hey, I want, I want to get my own artist or I want to do my own cover. Um, and even in small presses, uh, a lot of times they'll make their own, own covers and work with the cover artists. And that's an option. And so again, you have a say in what it looks like. And I think indie publishing, especially having a say of what it looks like. And I mean, obviously knowing what good covers look like or what they should look like or, um, is important. Um, but check that out. And then another one I mentioned when it comes to editing or bartering, uh, is art students at the local college, uh, friends that, that, you know, have some family members that are art artists that would love to make your cover for you and make a great looking cover. Um, again, probably for free. If you said, Hey, I got this book coming out. I'm excited about it. I need someone. I don't want my cover to suck. Um, you know, what can you do for me? And, uh, you know, look for the people that, that know how to do that stuff. Um, and you'd be, you'd be shocked, um, how cheap you can do that. So, so, you know, we've looked at, you know, ways to fund our writing, to put money back into the book. So we don't have to break the bank, cheap ways of doing editing, you know, covers. I mean, we're talking, you know, a couple hundred bucks or less. You can have a beautiful book, um, I mean, even in some cases, I mean, some of my first books barely cost me, you know, $15, um, in some cases, uh, just bartering and asking and, and trying to, trying to do some of the stuff on my, by myself. Um, now third, one other area that I think is important. And again, th this one's probably a lot easier than it used to be is, uh, formatting when it comes to formatting. And so the actual interiors of your books, um, you know, what they look like on the inside and making sure they look solid, you know, ebook, print, etc. Uh, two great resources I, I use constantly is one's called pressbooks.com. Um, and they have a bunch of templates for making beautiful books, uh, inside interiors, you know, ebook and print and making sure those match together. Um, and you get a lot of options. <clears throat> a lot of people don't know about press books. So I'll put that in the show notes, but, um, they're fairly reasonable. I think like 40, 50 bucks for an interior. Um, and, uh, and you're just going to get some really quality stuff. I think it's a hundred bucks if you want to do ebook and print. Um, but, but it's, it's all kind of WordPress based, very easy. You just paste in your manuscript and it formats it automatically. It's very cool. Um, but lately I've switched to vellum. I'm a Mac user and there it's only on, on Mac, but vellum, uh, V E L L U M. I'll put this in the show notes.com is a piece of software that you buy it once and you can make unlimited books and they have all the interiors, 
uh, ebook, print, you name it, all the platforms that automatically can make beautiful books for you. And it's just very intuitive and very easy to, to use to make sure that you, everything's formatted correctly. So you just plug in your Word document and then just go from there. Uh, so very cool. Um, also, uh, if you've ever heard of draft to digital, um, they have a great, uh, formatting platform as well, um, where you just, you just plug in your, either your EPUB file or your word file. Um, and it just creates a beautiful looking interior for your eBooks. I think they're even getting into print as well. Um, and that doesn't cost you anything. Um, and so, and same with vellum, once you have the software, it doesn't cost you anything. So it's free and you can have just as good of books that look just as good as anything out there. Um, professionals, anything out there. And again, not going to break the bank. Um, you know, not going to hurt you in any way, shape or form. Um, and lastly, I'm not going to go a lot into this one, uh, mainly because it's just a big topic, but when it comes to marketing, you know, it's like, Hey, I want to get my book out there. You know, do I spend money on marketing? Is that even worth it at the beginning? Um, you know, I would say first when you're starting is not to spend much on marketing. Um, you know, use your, your, you know, word of mouth, use social media platforms, you know, use your website, things like that. I would go for organic reach, especially when you're just learning the craft and you're just starting to write books, um, is, you know, don't spend a lot of money on marketing, uh, before you know if, if you really have an audience yet, or you don't have an audience yet. Um, you know, use the free tools, you know, Facebook is free, social media, Twitter is free, you know, website, you can get a website for 10 bucks a month. Um, you know, blog, whatever it is, you know, word of mouth that doesn't cost you anything. Um, I, I set, I'm setting up a, you know, a, a, a author signing, uh, in a month here for a couple of my, my middle grade books. And, uh, that doesn't cost me anything. Uh, I just called up a local bookstore and said, Hey, I'm a local author. I'd like to do a signing. Hey, we'll set you up, give you a couple hours and you can, you can do that. And again, just selling books directly again, doesn't cost me anything. Now, if you're going to do some, some just basic marketing, use also the free tools that are built into Amazon as well. And other platforms, um, they have some free marketing tools. You can do free days. You can do some discounted days, things like that. If you're exclusive to Amazon and there's some other tools on Kobo and, and draft digital and things. Um, but also there's some, some cheap sites, some, you know, free, or if you have books that are free or discounted, um, or 99 cent books or cheap, you know, cheaper books, um, you know, bargain booksy and, and, and some of these, um, you know, they're only $25, uh, $35 to do a promotion and to get, you know, hundreds, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of readers to look at your books and have a chance. Now, again, when you're just starting out and you don't have a, if you don't have a lot of books for other books for them to go to, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on this. Um, but you know, again, 25 bucks here, 30 bucks there, it's not going to break the bank, but I still think the best marketing that you can, can do when you're first starting out, especially why, I'm trying to get you these free tools and creative ways to fund your writing and fund your art is the best marketing is to write the next book. Always the best marketing. Too many people are spending way too much money on books that aren't going to sell just because you throw money, add dollars at it. It doesn't make people want it. Um, but when they're just starting out and they only have one book or two books, there's nothing else for the, the reader to go to and find next um, is write the next book. You know, if you're a consistent, prolific writer, you're going to be okay. I just had a woman on here who barely even has a newsletter. Um, and she sells, you know, tens of thousands of copies and makes tens of thousands of dollars because she writes at a prolific pace and she writes the next book um, and she puts it out there. Um, and so, 
there's a lot of digital shelf space available. It's unlimited. Um, and part of that for people to find you is you got to have a lot of, a lot of books on your shelf. Um, and the more books you have on your shelf, people will begin to find you. Um, and, and so, so write that next book. I think that's one of the, the best ways and all it's going to talk cost you is time. Um, and, and we all have the same amount of time and, and we want to use that time well and, and write that next book. So, so, so here's the deal. As we get to the end, I, I've talked a lot about very specific tactics and strategies and ideas that you can use, or you can say, that's, this is crazy. I'm going to do my own thing. And Hey, that's fine. But, but I just want to say something. What's, what's behind all of this. Um, and, and the reasons we don't write and the reasons we don't publish and the reasons we don't ship and share our work. Um, and it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with fear that a lot of what I'm talking about today is it's not that I can't learn Photoshop. It's not that I can't look up and figure out software or find a website that can do my interiors or, or ask an editor, maybe do it for free or find a book cover designer or whatever it is. It's fear. It's, it's fear. It's resistance. It's what Steven Pressfield calls resistance. It's the reasons we don't look for creative solutions to our problems is because of fear. We're, we're, we're scared that, you know, people are going to think it's, our books are terrible. Our stories are terrible. Nobody's going to like it. Um, and I heard some great advice this week and, and he said, you know, I, I don't read my reviews on Amazon. Stop doing that five years ago. Uh, and, and what he decided was when someone leaves a bad review, which he doesn't read anyways, but if they leave a bad review, he just says to himself, well, it just wasn't for them. And he moves on. And, and I think that's just great advice is because we're so scared. We're so fearful as to say, Hey, if they didn't like the book, that's fine. Like it wasn't for them. It was for someone else. And it doesn't mean we can't take criticism or we can't take feedback, but we just say, Hey, they didn't like my story. They didn't like that genre. They don't like the, the way I told the story. Hey, it just wasn't, wasn't for them. And, and we move on and we don't lose sleep over it. It's not an attack on you as a person, but all these things, you know, starting a Patreon, finding other ways to write, and make money. The reason we don't do it is because of fear, because of fear is we're being held back. And so I don't want you to be inundated. I don't want you to be overwhelmed by all of these things, but to really evaluate and say, Hey, maybe I'm making all the excuses because, Hey, if I just, I'm going to go the lazy route, just go, you know what? I'm just going to drop $2,000 on this cover on this editor. And then magic's just going to happen. Sometimes that's just the opposite of that. It's, it's laziness rather than saying, you know what? I could have went with a $40 cover and a hundred dollar edit. And it would have been just as good and just as fine as anything else. Um, and so, so I want you to check your fear factor. Um, because the other thing is as we, we end national novel writing month in November is that there's going to be so many people with manuscripts on their hard drive that they're never going to share with the world. Um, and that could be a variety of reasons. It could be just the book wasn't good enough or they don't like the story or it petered out or whatever it is. But I know for me back in 2013, I wrote my first novel. I tried in 2012, failed 2013, wrote this novel, my first novel. And it wasn't until two years later that I actually, it, it saw the light of day because of fear, because of resistance, all the things I just talked about, where am I going to find a cover designer? Where am I going to find an editor? Right. I, I was, I was scared. I, I didn't want to do it. And so I, I finally somehow found the courage to do it and, and got some feedback and the story was, was good. And, um, you know, and that book still sells. It's not my best, best work ever. It's my first thing. As far as fiction goes, I've written a lot of nonfiction too, but, um, but it was the first thing and I, and I'm proud of it because I did it. Um, and national novel writing helped me do that, but, but I had to, to fight the fear. Now, 
The thing with fear, and I heard someone say this recently, which I thought was really helpful, is that fear is always going to be there, but you just have to learn to dance with it. You got to learn how to dance with the fear because it's always going to be there. The resistance is always going to be there. It never goes away. Even if you've published a thousand books, there's always that fear. There's that resistance. What if it's not good enough? What if people laugh at me? What if, you know, my wife leaves me? What if, you know, all these crazy thoughts we have, um, but, but it's all rooted in fear. So we have to learn how to dance with it. So I hope all these ideas, tactics were helpful. Um, and I'm going to put all of them in the show notes so you can have links to, to go check these things out. See if there's some things you like. If you got other ideas, things I missed, obviously there's a million things I've missed. You can share those with me. I'd uh, love to hear them. I'd love to have all the resources and build as many resources as I can to share with other people as well to know what you're doing and how you're doing this cheaply and getting your, your work out in the world. Um, and so, so don't let cash, don't let money be the issue from getting your work out in the world, getting that book published. If there's any way I can help you do that, if there's any way that I can serve you in that way, please hit me up on social, hit me up on email. I'd love to help you and serve you in any way I can. Now, before we go, just one quick announcement is if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, if you've been enjoying this show, we, we really love to, to get those ratings and reviews. It really helps us get more eye ears, I should say on the show uh, or stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. Um, it's been really helpful. Thank you for all the people that have left really nice reviews and comments. Thanks for listening in. It's such a blessing. Also, another way that you can support the show is through our Patreon page, as I mentioned earlier, through Project Entertainment Network that supports this show and 21 other podcasts. And uh, and if you, you sign up on Patreon, you know if you donate a, a buck a month or two bucks a month, uh, we're going to send you some stories and some swag and some other things. And you can, you can get all the information at patreon.com. And uh, I'll, I'll put that all in the show notes so you can check that out. And also, we have a deal going on some merchandise. Uh, we have some mugs and t-shirts and, and all kinds of cool stuff on the prolific writer that you can buy. Um, and I'll put that on the show notes as well. And, uh, and all that money goes to support the show and support the art and the work. And, uh, and much of that is appreciated. I know Christmas is around the corner. And so if you'd love to get some socks or some shirts or some mugs or something cool to share with your loved ones, that would be much appreciated. Well, hey, everybody, this is Ryan J. Pelton from the Prolific Writer Podcast, and I just have one more thing before I go, and that is get those words on the page, and I'll talk to you real, real soon. Every person's story has something to teach us, how others view life, how obstacles are overcome, how joy is felt, how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. Introducing Self, a new show about real people who are challenging their relationship to money to build a better future for themselves. My new focus is like, as these good things happen in my life, I want to be able to enjoy them. Their loved ones. Now, like, I really don't want my daughters out here wanting for nothing. Um, now it's kind of backfired because <laughs> now they really don't have no respect for me. And their communities. I want to create more services where women can feel supported when they don't have support self is live now with new episodes every wednesday listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts